0: to the all-inclusive sports podcast with b and g i am b and i'm g uh what's happening good people what's happening
1: it's a lot going on that's for sure
0: (laughs) that's true it's been a
1: long week of sports i mean we were just right back here last week and now we're coming to you another week because we have some nfl playoff stuff to talk about
0: we got some uh national championship stuff to get into
1: oh yeah college national championship we've got Uh, nba basketball still in full swing right
0: not sure about if, if anybody had a chance to keep up with the Heisman this year, because they changed the date on us, usually on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they caught us all off
1: guard. <laughs> um, speaking of getting caught off guard, there's been a lot of issues going on with the NBA in this whole, I guess you could say, 2021 season that's uh, having a lot of postponements now.
0: I didn't know that. I ain't a seen that.
1: Of, a lot of uh, teams having to deal with the COVID issue, obviously. They just, they, this is the first time, really, for well, them. Yeah, because
0: they're traveling and stuff now. Yeah, They, they so, used to didn't do that. We
1: just recently had the Sixers. They had to kind of scrap together eight guys to play on their roster wow. just to play a game because you got to have at least guys, eight right, guys. to so you could be, to, be the bench. Yeah. Exactly, or you have to forfeit the game. Meanwhile, a couple of days later, the Celtics kind of ran into the same issue. We only had about seven uh, available guys, maybe had an eighth, but they postponed that game because they said, hey, well, necessarily they wouldn't have that opportunity. They got
0: enough guys, right.
1: And um, realistically to me, I feel like there should be some kind of uh, – across-the-board type of thing for that. I mean, we obviously know they can't go back to life in the bubble. There's too many teams and not enough space to put all those guys in there. <laughs> and they right. definitely couldn't do two separate bubbles because you still have the issue of having to travel back and forth during these times right now. But for what it's worth, kinda like the NFL did where maybe we just go ahead and say, hey, if all you got is seven guys, then your seven guys is going to be tired at the end of the night because we got to substitute somebody. Or we just go ahead and say, hey, we'll find a way to postpone these games in the second half of the season.
0: I don't see why they can't postpone. I don't uh, or reschedule. I ain't gonna say you know, kind of reschedule them like the NFL did. Uh, it worked out for them. Plus, the basketball season is much more games, and it seemed like you would have much more flexibility to do so.
1: Yes, not like the the college football situation we right. had going on, where a couple of these conferences didn't want to play until a certain <laughs> date, or they right. could not play all the games they could, but they still put them in the mix, obviously, of the. Uh, The the playoff uh, format that they do in their ball games and whatnot.
0: Right. So so I would think it would be easier. So we'll see. I mean, you know, like I say, it's much more flexibility in a basketball season where you're playing, I think, 72 this year. Right. Like, come on, man. (laughs) So I think it's much more flexibility on that part. But uh, in other news from the NBA, uh, LaMelo Ball got his first triple double. I'm not sure how old he is. He's uh,
1: 19 years and uh, some some days old. I'm pretty sure it's almost 20, but. Right under 19 years old so he became the youngest player to do
0: that right yeah he's the youngest yeah, yeah. player to do that but uh you know he's been he's been kind of doing his thing since he came into the league you know i don't know if it's a um what do you want to call it uh a rookie uh you know uh i can't Was think it? of the words but phenom? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no no i don't think he's a phenom because he's not it's not like zion right? Right, we, right you know what i'm saying it's like a more like okay this dude can really play i, I think we probably didn't see we didn't know he could really play yeah you know what i mean so he's like he's surprising people he's just a rookie surprise he's like okay
1: Michael Jordan and the rest of that uh Hornets front office did see that though
0: I give Michael Jordan no credits (laughs) to ever getting a talent on here on your roster again he did sign Gordon Hayward which I would not have signed so no Michael Jordan gets no credit now whoever the other people are I'll give them the credit
1: Right, right. (laughs) and see going back to what I talked about I don't want to interrupt the uh the love fest for uh <laughs> for Melo here, but we've got some situation right now with the Mavericks. I guess as of Sunday night, they had four players on COVID protocol lists. Um
0: I saw it. I that saw
1: game's it. been postponed for tonight. So the those Pelicans and Mavericks were supposed to play and the same thing with the Celtics and Bulls. So now the Celtics have had a second game get uh get postponed due to that. So that game was supposed to happen on Tuesday tomorrow, and now that game has been uh, postponed. Like, what I was meaning to talk about last time I we didn't get to was the NBA contact uh, tracing thing. Okay. So, obviously, player A came into contact, someone outside, of the, obviously, the locker room that had COVID, and obviously they might have it. They've got to do that whole quarantine per, uh, period now. Right. But then in the meantime, before it was known to them that they came into contact so with someone, now three other players that they were in at practice – the same situation happened and that's kind of what happened last week we had Seth Curry of the Sixers he actually got COVID and he didn't find out till right before the game I got you. so at that point the game was already set to begin the game did begin and then we realized that there was a potential issue right there where more players could have been exposed at this point because like I said it wasn't like he was suspected of having it he did actually test positive right. so like I said that's causing a big issue in the NBA right now we got to see what's going on because Uh, Miami's game in Boston was called off before and now like I said now the Chicago Boston game has been called off because that same thing is no longer just available players but also this whole thing of how many players are actually testing positive you don't want to keep cross-contaminated at this point
0: got you and have people who are infected or not infected but are contagious contagion Getting everybody, else getting everybody else infected with with COVID. I got you. And okay.
1: that's the situation right now with Philadelphia because they're actually getting fined $25,000 um not reporting that stuff accurately like they did with Seth Curry. I'm guessing somewhere, well, they somehow... they didn't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing somewhere, somehow, the information wasn't relayed across correctly or in a timely fashion. Um, But to move on for, I guess you could say, regular NBA news going on right now, we got Westbrook sideline for at least a week with a quad. He's been... Oh sorry, yeah, quad injury that he had. I think sometime uh right as soon as they got into the bubble when he was with the Rockets back then, he's had that quad issue. The same injury he the had. Same that? Injury. Okay, got So you. he's okay. back he's back with that with that nagging injury uh, injury right there and now possibly like I said missing that time. It's not like I mean I don't think he's going to save the season for the Wizards at this <laughs> point in time right now. Right. Maybe later on if he can get healthy and actually help them in the long run because they're 2 and 8 since, since losing uh, John Wall at this point. And of course, they never been a top. I guess you would say a top eight team, obviously on the East, yes, consistently, they were. Consistently, oh, okay. consistently, okay, consistently. Because obviously, John Wall did go down with some injury, right, and deal with that, obviously, in his um, tenure with them. So, like I said, it's not like right now they were like a championship contender right now, to where this really hurts their chances. But it really thought you thought you saw some spark, but what we have seen some spark though was with Chris Paul. We can still continue to talk about how that Suns team looks so much better than what they did last year.
0: Chris Paul is that dude, man. He's still top-notch point guard, even at, how old is he, like 37? I think he
1: just turned 36.
0: Okay, whatever. He I'm may be around the same age, yeah, yeah, like yeah, I said, yeah. as LeBron. That, that kind of error right there. So, yeah, it's, he's still top-notch dude. He still can affect your team and, you know, see if he can bring it to the playoffs.
1: And like I talked about last time, them only being in the West – Early in the season, it's still too early to call for obviously anybody because a team that I've consistently seen in that top three in the West, Denver, they're not even in the playoff risk. Obviously, no, we're nowhere near that talk right now, but Phoenix is holding on that number two spot right now. While teams like Utah and the Clippers, there was, those guys are kind of in the middle still, obviously, but we still expect them to be somewhere around that same right. range when the season comes to an end.
0: Struggling to jail. You know, they got to have time to jail right. and kind of get the new f- roster and the new, you know, we got to learn how you to play. So, you know.
1: And for anybody who has seen, I'm not going to do a shameless plug here because I have no uh, involvement with the movie, but anybody that saw the Disney movie, Soul, you kind of seen a scene in the movie where they talked about how the New York Knicks have not been the best franchise. I'm not and gonna they go, balling right now. I'm not going to go into detail as far as what was said. But... <laughs> It's definitely starting to change change the the culture, I guess, in New York for those for those Knicks. They're five and five right now. Like I said, still early to call, but you can still see some trending upward. Right, Knicks, they've right? been playing better. Right, like they, right. Yeah,
0: the way they've been playing, they've been playing better. Meanwhile, and, uh, teams
1: like Miami and Brooklyn obviously are still trying to find that way to to get back on top. I mean, Toronto right now, I think, will probably be the most disappointing out of the East because we obviously are just what two seasons removed from them, obviously winning the, the championship. What's their record? They're two and seven right now. Okay, so like I said, still so early to call anything right now, but you still expect more of that team, being that it's the same head coach, right?
0: I think so, but then they yeah. have some roster turnover. Like the roster has been turned over completely, because because Mark Gasol was there, wasn't he? He was there. Right, uh, right. uh You know, they've had some some roster turnover, so. You know,
1: If Kyle Lowry really is the guy that he said he is, then obviously we still expect a lot out of I him. I believe in Kyle Lowry. Now, okay. Pascal Siakam is somebody that I really I really believed in. They,
0: can, play, they so, can do it together.
1: And then Fred Van Fleet, I think he just got a bunch of money from him as well. So for what it's worth, he obviously should still be playing his role on that team to help them get back to that.
0: But he's like the sixth man, right? Or is he starting now?
1: I believe he's starting now.
0: Okay, well, we'll see how they go. Some people can't handle the starting job. Some people work better in six in the sixth. No, I'm not, that's what I'm saying. Some people work better right. in the sixth spot. Uh, I can't think of who I'm thinking about right now, but they did. They uh, Jamal Crawford. Oh, yeah he, yeah. he works better in the sixth spot. He gives you that spark off the bench. So, yeah. you know.
1: And Philadelphia had been trending upward, but I think this COVID situation kind of hit them a good bit because, like I talked about that game where they were show-handed, they lost that game and have since lost another game after that because I think right now you've got Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons dealing with some injury right now early in the season already. And those guys obviously have been either – alternating between injury or have an injury at the same time so that always kind of puts a damper in their issue when they're trying to get to where they're we're trying to get to right now because right now boston just caught up to them you've got indiana and orlando right behind them as well right so we still gotta keep on tracking more of what's going on in the nba i mean we hope that nobody has no long-term injuries at this point we've seen obviously our fair share of those in the past years we got clay thompson right now out due to that, uh, in uh, didn't Din- uh, Din- yeah, especially yeah, Din- from Brooklyn yeah. is out. So, a lot of these teams had to find a way to gel without those, uh, key players on their team. We still got a team like the, uh, the Lakers right now. They've won back to back games and, of course, still turning in that direction to defend that championship, right?
0: I'm on paper, but they don't have any big, man. they got one big. Well, okay, if you could, if you take Anthony Davis, he's, he's a big, but he's not, he doesn't. He doesn't want to play like the five. They've only got one center.
1: Yeah. And that that goes to show on paper because a lot of their games here as of late have been close games. Last night's game against the Rockets was not that close. I mean, they ended up with an (laughs) 18-point victory. But for a while, I think their highest uh, deficit, they were up by 27. Now, they consistently kind of lost that that, um, that lead a little bit. Right. It kind of diminished a little bit because of uh, some sparks and some runs by the Rockets. And, of course, we know the NBA is a game of runs. You just don't normally take off. And just going to 28 to nothing run. We'll talk about that later with the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> <laughs> but in basketball, obviously, you got to understand those kind of things. But like you mentioned, That's though, true. the beginning of the season for the, for the Lakers so far has not been anything we should really go absolutely crazy about. Except for, I guess, the first couple of games against the Clippers. We, they, I guess they really exposed the Clippers early on in the season.
0: Well, the Clippers was exposed anyway. I mean, okay, since the beginning of the season, people have really lost, I'm not going to say faith, but they've lost something in in, in believing in the Clippers. You know what I mean? Right, right. So since then, you know, and then Kawhi went down, got popped in the face, and then they got blew out, and then Paul George said something about it was on him or something like that, but they haven't played, like, exponentially well better than anybody else so you know
1: and so right now we'll just continue to keep on tracking what's going on in the NBA right now we've got games at least listed through March until the I guess the um the postponed um NBA All Star break that we're gonna have, we won't even call it the All Star break. This is called a break in the season. It's gonna be halftime of the season.
0: Let's yeah, I was gonna ask you that. Like, it's, what, not, like, the... <laughs> it's
1: not. We can't even. I, well, I'm pretty sure just like the NFL is doing with the Pro Bowl, they'll try to go ahead and give some guys some accolades and say, okay, you're an All Star based on your votes <laughs> of who, who right. people have seen. Right. Who people have seen, obviously doing well, but I don't see obviously any kind of um, game going on. And of course, just like everything else, we've had to see what's going on in this country as a whole and see if we even have the rest of this NBA season play out like we expected to, or if there were going to be any kind of delays due to any kind that's of true. shutdowns or whatnot, because we are still in unfamiliar, familiar territory at this point. We're heading into February almost, and we're still dealing with some stuff that came about last February in this country. So for what is worth, we'll just keep on track and what's going on with that. But what we do know is that the Alabama Crimson Tide again has a Heisman winner. So yeah, roll tide, if that's where you roll. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm a, I'm an Alabama fan. I uh, you know, I'm an Alabama fan. I I, I root for them uh, most of the time, just cause they the you know the champion. I guess you could say, but I I don't have any. I watch college sports a little bit here and there. I, I don't really have like I follow somebody where I really truly know who they got, who they who come in, and all that kind of stuff. So
1: you know. Yeah. So if you're I guess. Fans like we are, of football in general, you obviously follow along a lot of these players that you want to know where they came from, what they were able to accomplish. And you see that this guy, Devontae Smith from Bama, was the first wide receiver to do it in almost three decades. Since who, who 1991, was the last? that would have been Desmond Howard.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, Desmond. Okay, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Desmond Howard. He's won the it. only other receiver, right? Exactly. Yeah.
1: And at that time, he won the Heisman Trophy. Which was only the second time that Michigan had even won it.
0: Right, but it, and, he, and he was mainly like a special teams guy or something like yeah, that yeah, too. Yeah. So what, he wasn't even yeah.
1: That's what made his uh, his Heisman campaign that more. That's much more interesting. And I think Devontae Smith kind of will fall into that that category as well as being multi used and not necessarily just a wide receiver only. Right. And being on the team now that's going to this national championship tonight against Ohio State. Got to show up. That obviously showed a lot <laughs> for it right there. Got to show up. So now, right now, he's projected to be about the fifth pick in the draft, of course, depending on where things swing tonight. We might see some things shake up with that. The mock drafts are going to be going for the next three months until April. You're going to be seeing (laughs) a bunch of things. I don't know if B&G will ever bring you a mock draft because, like we just mentioned, we like these guys, but we're not going to give you our takes on paper as far as what we expect these guys to to do in the league because we've seen some crazy stuff happen this past couple of years. Uh, Jared Goff going first overall when a lot of people thought Carson Wentz should have been the guy. And obviously we see how his career is kind of right. trending in his that, in that direction. And Jared Goff in his own right. He obviously went to a Super Bowl but lost that Super Bowl and since then has been trying to stretch and claw to find his way back in there. And we've got to talk about him because and, he, and he played with, with some that, injury this weekend. Y-
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but we'll give you some kind of – I like talking about the draft, the guys who could go and who could do this and make moves of this, that, and the other.
1: I say it like this. My thing has always been saying, what do the teams actually need? So breaking down every team and saying, hey, if they just had this one piece, I feel like they would make it to the next level. Or if they were just getting that one piece that they're missing. Because like an Atlanta team right now with the Falcons, who may need to move on soon from a wide receiver that they've been paying a lot of money to for this past couple years, but he's not been as healthy as and available as he's been needed in a Julio Jones. Maybe they do need to take an, uh, a wide receiver in the draft this time around.
0: And that's fine. But then they took uh, Calvin really a couple exactly, years ago.
1: Exactly, exactly. So that's worked out.
0: Right. Uh, and if they happen to move on away from Julio, first of all, you'll really see if Calvin is that guy or is he just beneficiary from being on the same field as Julio. And if they get rid of Julio, I, if I'm a team, I would be glad to have Julio. Like, straight up, I'll take him at what he is right now and and try to do do what I can.
1: And speaking of guys we actually would want to see in this uh, national championship game, we've got to see if Justin Fields is going to solidify his first overall in this draft coming up over Trevor Lawrence because a lot of, obviously, momentum has been swinging Trevor Lawrence's way, but he just beat Trevor Lawrence, obviously, in the uh, bowl game prior to this one.
0: I don't think he can do anything to solidify himself as number one. Okay. I don't care if he wins, though, for 500, 600 yards, and right. seven, seven touchdowns. I think he will still be number two because of Trevor Lawrence's track record, like the the body of work. Right. So he's only he lost about maybe right. three,
1: four games his entire life. Right. Fact, so, <laughs> I mean, if he goes to a team like the Jets or the Jaguars, he may be able to get comfortable with that position. Don't
0: say the Jets. <laughs> the Jets not in it. <laughs> uh, the Jets got the third pick. Second. The second. second okay, pick? they got the second. But but like I said. I don't think they take a quarterback. I think they believe in Sam. But anyway, uh, I don't think there's anything he can do to solidify himself as number one. I think he will be number, at least number two or three, regardless of what he does.
1: And we've seen some good rookies coming out of this past draft right here. I mean, like you like you said, obviously, wanting to see where they would actually get to further in their career. We can only go about what, what they had on paper in college. But someone like a Chase Young for the Washington football team – Patrick Queen, and linebacker for Baltimore Ravens. Those guys could potentially be up for a defensive rookie of the year. And, of course, right. on the other side of the ball, we didn't really see Justin Jefferson. Of course, if you're an LSU fan, and if you followed his career, then you kind of knew that he was going to be trending in, in a direction. But I don't know if anybody saw him that. passing a franchise yeah. rookie record for the uh like He's Minnesota a top-notch
0: receiver right now. You were looking at dude like, hey, dude could do it.
1: And speaking of uh, LaMelo Ball being the youngest uh, with the triple-double in the NBA, we had Justin Herbert, be the youngest uh, quarterback with 30 passing touchdowns for those chargers. Obviously them losing their coach. We want to see where his career is going to in year two, but he's pretty much training in a direction where he could be up for offensive rookie right. of the year honors on that one. He was balling. The yeah. dude
0: was balling. I must say that's why I thought Anthony Lynn would get another shot, but yeah.
1: And what's your takes on the uh, defensive player of the year? Cause we had, who was that? Uh, TJ Watt had the most sacks in season 15. Xavier Howard with the Miami yeah, Dolphins picks. had interceptions out the wazoo. He yeah. had 10 of them. Miles quietly did, had yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. I mean, he he did get Pro Bowl honors uh, unbeknownst to what I thought before. But still, I don't think, like you said, quietly, because, I mean, it was a 10 and six team. They should have been in the playoffs after seeing what went on yesterday's game. We'll get into that, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see some good stuff out of Xavier Howard, but let's see if he gets this defensive player of the year, because, I mean, mostly it's been going to Aaron Donald, right? We see right. Aaron Donald obviously getting that because he knows how to get after the quarterback. He's, and he
0: still had thir- it's the 13 and a half sacks? Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and we still got some guys like the coach of the year. I mean, Stefanski obviously was on, wasn't with his team yesterday in that game over uh, Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pittsburgh. But he obviously got them to the level where they are right now, 11-5 and five team. Uh, my uh, What's his name? Uh, Flores with uh Brian Miami Flores, Duffins. yeah, yeah. He obviously has been trending upward for a while. Sean McDermott with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, he's been going exponentially better every year and obviously right. having the quarterback that he has now. Who could potentially be up for MVP? That's true. Do you see Josh Allen as an MVP candidate, a serious candidate? Because obviously Aaron Rodgers came out and he's a candidate.
0: Everyone. I wouldn't give it to him this year, but he's a candidate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, because back to what I talked about, maybe I don't know, episode four, episode five. I have been talking about a non QB MVP. MVP, right? The last I time we saw see... that, I think it
0: was Adrian Peterson, wasn't it?
1: Right. And I still see that staying in the same realm of being a running back this year. You had. King Henry with King Henry. over 2,000 rushing yards this year, and it only seemed like he could be stopped against that Baltimore defense this weekend. So for what it's worth, if you were going to call it a regular season uh, award here that we're going to see coming up on February 6th, we should see King Henry definitely getting some of those first-place votes.
0: I would give King Henry the offensive player of the year. He didn't... Had he broken Eric Dickinson's record, yeah, I think yeah. you'd give him MVP. But <laughs> you might want to give him a gold jacket at the same, at the same <laughs> jump, too, as soon as he walks up the stage. So, yeah, so he didn't, you know, it, it was a great season for him. It was a great season. i give him offensive player of the year. Uh, the MVP is most li- most likely is going to be a quarterback. They saying Aaron Rodgers, you know, Aaron Rodgers might have solidified it, even though we'll, we'll, we'll get into the rest of it later. But I think he might have solidified that. So you know.
1: And speaking of uh, – guys going to Hall of Fame. Obviously, these guys are playing for now, but looking forward into this next 2021 Hall of Fame candidacy class. um, We obviously were, without having this 2020 Hall of Fame game and Hall of Fame ceremony and whatnot, but we got some guys already on the ballot. I think they're down to 15 finalists right now with a couple of these guys in their first year of eligibility. You got Charles Woodson and what he did with the Oakland Raiders. You've got Calvin Johnson, obviously, Megatron with what he was able to accomplish with Detroit. And, of course, you are sprinkling some guys like Peyton Manning. Uh, obviously, some... some sprinkle, t- huh? Yeah. I, I, I sprinkle him in there because of what, what his career could have been had he stayed in Indy. Obviously, he did, he was able what? to... What? Had he stayed in Indy and...
0: Hold oh, on. Hold on. You said what his career could have been. been.
1: Yeah, he still had, Dude. He still had more left in the tank. He showed us that, obviously, the, the following years in Denver. Now, gar-
0: guaranteed... They went to two Super Bowls.
1: Now, guaranteed, I know, but the guarantee, the Denver defense had to take him there. Indianapolis has never been that well known for having that much of a defense, so he was carrying that team, and obviously he lost one to what was it, New Orleans Saints? Oh, you talking about his uh, his, uh, Indianapolis career? So I'm saying what he could have been had he stayed on that
0: team. They didn't want him no more.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was a very terrible goodbye. He hurt his neck.
0: They didn't want him no more. But anyway, I don't think he could have been any more than what he was. I mean, you look. If you tell me I, I, I'm getting rid of this guy, and 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 somebody say he gonna guarantee you two more Super Bowl appearances, not even win, two more Super Bowl appearances, I'm taking that dude. Well, so what I, do you mean? Could have been.
1: I'll say this. I'll say Sprinkling Paid Man because he's <laughs> the first time on, on the uh, eligibility list here, but he's probably gonna be a first ballot, right? Okay. He's yeah. Going win, right. Ain't no. Yeah. <laughs> so. The guys I'm interested in seeing, because if you're around our ages, this is our modern era guys that we're looking at right now, that we grew up obviously watching. So you've got the Rondé Barbies, you've got the Tory Holtz, you've got the Reggie Waynes, the John Lynch's. So all these guys obviously are fresh in our memory still as far as guys we really watched in this modern era of football in the 2000s.
0: I could tell you from who you named, question mark, and I can tell you guys who are going to get in, Yeah, I think anyway.
1: I think this is Tory Holt's what second or third year possibly on the ballot.
0: I I don't know, but uh, I I don't. uh, I mean, I like Tory Holt, but I don't know. I don't know if he gets in as far as the Hall of Fame. I'm I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, because you got guys like uh, Richard Seymour and Zach Thomas might not necessarily make that that next cut. They may be the first ones to get cut down when they narrow it down one more time. But we obviously got to see a lot of this stuff come to fruition and hopefully sometime this year see an actual NFL Hall of Fame speech I like the speeches man yeah
0: I love hearing where they come from and their background and how you became how you overcame anything they had to overcome so I like the speeches
1: now you mentioned something on the last episode that I'm pretty sure fans who are tuning in right now if you can hear the voice voices on the uh any kind of platform you're on right now, you want to know what my boy B was talking about when Bring he said... Bring back the shiny. Bring back the shiny. So <laughs> I can explain this. Go ahead, man.
0: Okay, for anybody who watches the NFL, if you watched it this year, I need you to go back in your mind about 15 years. I need you to type in, like on your phone or whatever you on right now, like Hines Ward and like, I'll say Brian Dawkins and something like that. Now, pay attention to like their uniform pants, right? They got a gloss to them. The NFL done lost its gloss, man. They have no more gloss. They got this dull looking stuff. And it, it, it's okay, but can we get some shiny stuff? Yeah. And the reason I brought that up because I think I was watching the Cowboy game uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they look to have some shiny uniforms. I don't think they do, but I guess it's the way the light hit it. It looked like it was shiny, and it made me think about the times when the NFL actually had shine on their uniform so it had some some gloss some color it popped under the lights you know what i mean
1: and a certain a certain bit of these teams right here we have seen some bad uniform choices some bad uniform combinations but it seems like the nike like you said it kind of gave it a dull look it's more of a matte color to most of these uniforms like we look at teams like the new orleans saints when they decide they want to pull out the god awful (laughs) gold pants and those like, <laughs> pants are not gold, right? So you look at the shine on the helmet, and you don't expect it to be Notre Dame kind of gold or anything like that, but you still expect it to be some kind of gloss and shine, too, like you said. And you look back at teams like the Cowboys, obviously one of the teams that have never changed their their look right. in this modern era right. and refuse to have Nike try to do any kind of tweaks or alterations. They'll only go back to their 60s uh, look, if anything, as far as an alternate uniform. But a lot of these teams, like you mentioned, whether they had – uh a black shiny uniform or what, right. it oh, that, kind of gave that, yeah. it kind of gave that good look. And what you mentioned to me the other day was watching the Cowboy game. And for anybody familiar with the Cowboys, uh, stadium and the times of when they play the games, you would see that somewhere within the second quarter, you might see a quarterback kind of, I guess, look over into the field, kind of guarding his vision because there's a bright light yeah, coming bright through bright from light the coming eastern through windows this, yeah. or sorry, Western windows of the stadium. When you watch the Cowboys run the ball, on the other side of the football after a while that you thought, wait a minute, do I see a little shine in there? And that's what you kind of texted me. I <laughs> yeah. was like, Hey man, I think I see a little bit of shine. Cause the color of the Cowboys pants still kind of gives off, I guess a little bit of the, the gleam that you would expect from those old uniforms. Cause it was one of the teams that obviously wore silver. Right. So you would see that silver look, but right now that's been of like a dull gray. If you will. Yeah.
0: It's not, yeah, it's a, a bluish, whatever, but it's, you know, I'm just a fan of some shine. I just wanted to, you know, throw that out there. I, on the soapbox about uniform. That's my thing. I like the gloss look. It, it, had, it popped. So, and for me, you know. it
1: kind of helped when you look, looked at the guys like uh, Ladanian Tomlinson in that powder blue right. running the ball with that shine. Or oh, like, that man, dark blue. That dark blue oh, had yeah. that shine yeah, too. That's yeah. what it did, yes. And um, it kind of gave you that look of the speed that those guys were going at. <laughs> I mean, right now we got the, all the analytics and everything that could tell you a guy's going like 20 miles an hour or 15 right. miles an hour right. on, his, on his highest right. peak. But we could actually feel the rush or feel the actual speed that these guys had when they were wearing those uniforms. Right.
0: So, yeah. So that's just me. That's just my thing. But switching,
1: anyway, <laughs> switching gears now though, we playoffs. We no. we still got some more stuff going on in this NFL. We thought we were going to escape the NFC East. We thought the <laughs> NFC East was knocked out when the Washington football team lost to Tampa Bay. But somehow, some the NFC East has found a way to drill us back in because we got some new hirings and some new firings, right?
0: So well, I don't know. I guess it's surprising because of the timeline. It's a week after a week everybody after else Hunting, got right? fired, right? right. So, it's, so <laughs> Doug Peterson. <laughs> so Doug Peterson got fired, and it was kind of. It's like I say, it's surprising because it's a week after everybody else had already got fired. So, uh, but it's kind of crazy listening to the owner. It sounds as though he believes in Carson Wentz, which you know, which is okay.
1: That's an interesting uh, decision for an owner to make, and especially since the whole thing has been mind-boggling to me all day was the general manager was not even involved in this. So I'm pretty sure at some point when they interview him, is going they're going to be asking him, hey, were you on board with this and why weren't you in the room? We don't know specifically if he was or was not, but all we knew that a week after all decisions were made in the NFL as far as who finally said, hey, I'm done with this coach, I'm done with this GM, you called the guy down to Florida to meet with you, And say, hey, let's talk it over. Let's see where we're going. And I don't know what was actually said in that room as far as what the final straw was. I was interested to see that they didn't say the mutual term of they just decided to part ways. ways. (laughs) So it had to be some kind of a decision where Doug Peterson probably said, hey, I don't want to stick around with Carson Wentz. Obviously, Doug Peterson, we know he has a sweet spot for his back of quarterback. He was once one, and he won (laughs) a Super Bowl with one.
0: Well yeah but i don't even think it's i don't know i mean because uh uh, Jerry, uh jeffrey lurie sounds like when, when he went and commented on that he said that he didn't show what he could have shown the promise that he has shown and the team was just bad but it's like he's not watching when they put another guy back there the other guy has a spark the other team that gives you a it gives the team a spark I guess he don't see none of that. I don't know, but uh, it might be a problem.
1: And it came down to one of those type of situations where you kind of scratch your head because it's like, man, I know, obviously, it's so what have you done for me lately, League? But this guy is three years off winning the first Super Bowl of the franchise. And right. now, obviously, you with all the injuries, <laughs> all the injuries, and obviously, after paying your supposed franchise quarterback and not making this kind of decision, it just came as a big, a big deal right now because you didn't give him any kind of other issues, but what I want to know is really what did it all come down to? Because they asked him, I wanted to find out really what was picking this man's brain to make this decision right now. And he said it wasn't because of the last minute pulling of Jalen Hurts in that uh, that game against Washington.
0: We may never know the truth yeah. on why he chose to fire him. Uh, we may never. I, I don't know because because there's really I can't understand why, other than you might have you might have known that with him. This is my my. He might have known that with Doug Peterson, Carson wasn't going to have a true shot at being the guy again because of what has shown what happened this year. Right. Maybe he thought that. So maybe because of that, he like, okay, we got to move off one of you. And they still owe Carson like $60 million. Right, right. <laughs> $60 million. So it's like, okay, hey, you got to go.
1: And if history serves me correctly, at the end of the 2012 season, the Philadelphia Eagles were 4-12 and and they got rid of long-tenured head coach Andy Reid, and obviously since then, he's had his individual success with Kansas City. Right. Since then, they've moved on again to Chip Kelly, and he went back-to-back years with a winner. Trash. Right there, but <laughs> had a lot of front office issues going on there. He kind of took the reins as far as one to draft everyone and do what he wanted to do. In free agency, he picked up like the entire Oregon Ducks team. Trash. So it looked like the Pac-12 Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Chip Kelly's trash. <laughs> I hate it when, look over watching the game, and everybody looked to the sideline like, what's the play? Right. <laughs> and, we saw, and we saw
1: some of his his coaching mechanisms kind of transcend on into San Francisco. And now he's back at UCLA with a program that's not obviously going anywhere go right now. So, for what it's worth, Philadelphia was smart to move on from him earlier on. But, like I said, you made the decision to Doug Peterson. He kind of got you a nice uh, early head start on the And on he brought you a championship. Right. But I just showed you a quote that it was said right after that championship. He said – that this was going to be the new norm, that playing into the the postseason, and playing into late January and to February, obviously, was going to be the new norm. And since then, he hadn't been able to take him back there. He won one championship – sorry, one playoff game based on a kick going awry on a double doink is what they called it for the Chicago Bears. Don't
0: matter. You you won a playoff game. It was very close. (laughs) And
1: obviously, like they mentioned, that following season after winning the Super Bowl, they were probably about one Alshon Jeffrey catch away from going back to the NFC Championship game, too. Potentially, obviously, play into late January at that point.
0: And just to defend Doug, that he did have a lot of injuries. You had uh, uh, he didn't have a receiver.
1: No, they didn't every have time, a. <laughs> every time one came up, the other one went down. Yeah, so, they Florida didn't square, have a receiver. They so really didn't know. have a lot of consistency there. I mean, they played with a. I think it was thirteen different offensive lineman rotations. It's crazy man. So. For what is worth, I'm pretty sure he'll find himself. They keep on saying on social media he'll land on his feet, he'll find bounce back. I mean, the man has a championship and he obviously got a lot of money to get that. So for what is worth, he's gonna be all right.
0: He's gonna get a job, bro. Yeah. He might be the first person hired in the next couple of coming weeks, man. And I guess
1: we could try to, I guess, dabble in quickly about some potential candidates that could be rumored around. They're mentioning the quarterback's coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. Mike Kafka. I'm not sure how he plays into that. Once again, coming from that Andy Reid coaching tree, he probably gets some, some love from Andy over to Jeffrey Lurie and maybe Harry Roseman and say, Hey, go ahead and get that guy. We tried that already and obviously it worked, right? So let's go ahead and try <laughs> and do it again with giving somebody else over to Philadelphia. Maybe, but the same thing goes for hiring from within. We haven't seen a lot of guys get hired from within in this Philadelphia Eagles organization. As of years past, like I just mentioned the two previous head coaches before Andy, I'm sorry, after Andy and deuce Staley, who was the i guess you could say subpar offensive coordinator because they weren't really trying to give him that title they gave him the uh, assistant head coach so he was a potential candidate that jeffrey lurie mentioned today that could that could possibly interview for that role
0: Oh, he actually said something yeah. about it? Okay.
1: Now, Eric Enemy has been the talk of the town for a lot of different right. teams. So I don't know at this point if that's going to be a preferred destination for him because there's going to be a lot of work to do. Like you said, them not really having a, a solidified number one receiver at this point, even though they've drafted a whole bunch of them. And the run game there obviously could use a little tweaking because they need a little offensive line. Help the right. defensive coordinator just retired on you. So he you got to come uh, with a whole, uh, new, yeah, a whole new ball game on that one. So I'm pretty sure a lot of these head coaching candidates are going to have to. Where their options at this point? Because you've got guys, obviously coming up from college like Urban Meyer, looking at possibly taking that Jags position. His name always comes up. <laughs> <laughs> so there's gonna be a lot of interesting stuff to see throughout the rest of these coming weeks as far as the now seven teams that need a head coach. Right.
0: Now. I know they were looking for. They were talking about some college people, and I heard some names coming up, but the guys that they had picked all opted to stay where they were. You like in college, they all stay with the programs they were with. So yeah, yeah.
1: I, I listened to ESPN radio, and they recently had mentioned the, the crossover and what what it entails for a guy like Urban Meyer to obviously want to come over into the league. You're not the lead charge in the recruiting at this point. You're obviously having to deal with the front office and telling them, "Hey, these are the pieces of need." So if you're going to send his Meyer to the store and telling them, "Hey, these are the ingredients I need for my pie," right? Then you got to make sure they get the right brand, right? right. You don't want the you, store right. brand every time. Right.
0: I gotta trust you to get the things that I need you to get. So that's what a lot me. of head
1: coaches have to deal with when they do cross over from those ranks. And, of course, we have seen some some teams with some good uh, some good production in, in that aspect as far as being able to make that transition and being able to take their teams further in without having to
0: retool or
1: realize that the NFL isn't for them.
0: That's true. I don't know who you get as far as head coaching goes. I have no idea. Uh, speaking of coaching news, though, uh, Dan Quinn, uh, the longtime – what? Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, Atlanta Falcons head coach, former Seattle defensive coordinator when they went to Super Bowl, had signed on with the Cowboys. Uh I was talking to somebody who was had had an issue with that. They wanted Dan Quinn to go back to Seattle because, you know, Seattle <laughs> was needing some help. But anyway, so he signed with the Cowboys.
1: Right. So I see that obviously as a as a big a big key part for them if they can find the pieces that they need. Because obviously their strength had never really been the secondary. They started getting some front seven help. They started getting some really good linebackers that was uh, playing some consistent minutes and do- doing some good production on that team. They've done a lot of good work in the free agency, but it just had not really panned out for them so well as far as putting it all together. I think this past season, the reason why their defensive coordinator, Mike, Nolan got fired is because they started trending towards the wrong direction. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> going towards <laughs> in the end of the season, they started picking up some pace because right. they started doing some good turnover stuff. They started off the season with no turnovers, but still, it's not... The game that's won on turnovers is the game that was won on points. So if you're giving up more points to the other team, then you can't run a franchise correctly, right?
0: Okay, but actually, when they was getting all those turnovers, they won those games. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what turnovers do. Turnovers right. put you in a good position to put points up. So they were turning the ball over at that point, but, you know.
1: And that's the perfect segue to talk about these NFL playoffs. I think we want to go – let's go this direction. Since we talked about turnovers, Big Ben Roethlisberger. Five From turnovers. From snap one, dude. Five total turnovers last night. But well, that in the wasn't game his against, fault. Against Cleveland.
0: All of them wasn't his fault.
1: But, hey, that's going to go down in his record, right? I understand. It's in not going to go down in the receiver's record. Interceptions
0: do this. go on the quarterback's record, even if it's their fault or not. I get that. Snap one, uh, Marquise Pouncy, or is it Mike Pouncy? Mike Pouncy. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, the
1: center for the Steelers.
0: Uh, yeah, his brother is Marquise. Okay, right, right. Uh, Mike snapped the ball over Big Ben's head. It's already seven nothing. You come back, you get a tip ball for interception. <laughs> Return back for touchdown, didn't it? Did it get returned? Yes. No? no, it didn't. Who did that one? Didn't I don't know. I don't know. They had up, so many.
1: I kept on looking uh, at the screen and I was like, wait a minute. I thought Steelers <laughs> just had the ball. Wait a minute. I thought Cleveland was going to score in this right. drive.
0: Right. Okay. They had so many. So, but I, they got two picks off tips. Now the the uh, the tip that was tipped by the D lineman. That's credit to defense. The tip off of receivers' hands, they got to go to the receiver, man. That's the receiver's fault. Yeah, I know it's going to be credited with the quarterback, but that's the receiver's fault. Got to catch that. So I think know. I
1: should do a fact check, though. Marquise Pouncey is the Steelers' uh, center. Uh, Mike Pouncey is actually the Chargers' center. So we got some brothers in the lead that are the centers. So to, to correct what you just said, you were right initially. It was Marquise. Okay. But now we're looking at this <laughs> Pittsburgh team. Obviously, after starting off 11-0, you called it. Which saying they saying shouldn't they were gonna have trend been. they downward. They went one in five in the last six games, and obviously Big Ben was a contributing factor to that. He did have some really good games. I mean, he threw over five hundred. One four
0: last five games,
1: except for that playoff game last night. So oh, okay, you tra- five, okay. Yeah. You
0: included that. Okay.
1: So he threw five hundred yards last night. He did. I'm pretty sure his arm is sore right now. He's probably sitting it's up like, in, it's like the chair in the right backyard, now. man. He's
0: just just throwing the ball around.
1: And now we see a Cleveland football team that obviously are bringing a new light to these Browns. And
0: well, first gonna... of all, first of all, they probably felt some some kind of weight. Oh yeah, I mean, Juju said
1: <laughs> there was a, there was a lot going into that game. A lot of uh, I guess you could say what they call it uh, chalkboard material.
0: Right, Juju said is
1: dry raceboard material nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: they gave him some. They gave
1: him some good stuff to work with, right?
0: Yeah, well, Juju called them whatever. It's just the same old Browns. Like how do you disrespect us like that? You gonna it's disrespectful. They, they you gave me some animosity. So some 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 some. Some wherewithal to play my best, whatever.
1: And as expected, obviously the Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt Browns are no longer just the same old Browns. And then defense came up to show out, right, to make sure that they they let them know that hey, these are the new Browns.
0: Well, first of all, still offense, uh, it, it, it ain't it's suspect anyway, right? But yeah, they 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 capitalize on the opportunities they got. We'll, we'll say that.
1: And to now make a quick. Uh, Game pick. I obviously don't see that transcending into their game against Kansas City this weekend. You know what
0: though. though? They can run the ball. Right. I give them running the ball on anybody.
1: But I don't know if you can go into a shootout with KC.
0: You might not have to go into so a shootout. I maybe don't like-
1: that run game just turns into let's kill some clock and make sure that we keep the other guy on the other side right. wearing number fifteen on the keep this field.
0: Yeah. Right. But 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 you could do that. You could possibly do that. Play some pretty good defense. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know how they keep up with Tyreek. I don't know. Because their back end has been – uh, Denzel Ward and the other corner was out yesterday. Right. So, I don't know how they keep up on the defensive uh, secondary standpoint.
1: And on the other side of the AFC, we saw some closed games Uh, for a while. There, I wasn't sure what the outcome would have been for Baltimore, Tennessee. And then the same Baltimore thing going for – came through. The same thing for Buffalo and Indy. That was really a closed game. I think decided by, what, a field goal? Field so, goal, yeah, 27-24. Realistically – We've seen some good playoffs on the AFC side of the ball. Obviously, you see some 11-win teams in there. You expect to see some good football. So, okay. now looking into this this Baltimore game, the best thing that Baltimore did against that Tennessee offense was they limited Derrick Henry. So, we talked about King Henry. King Henry. And I think he had to put the crown to the side for that one game because he had to bow down.
0: No. Here's the thing. I'm not putting the crown to the side. Uh, Baltimore winning – okay, after if anybody recalls, last season – they got ran all over. I think he had 200-something yards that game. Right, right. Okay. So they went out and got Calais Campbell, Derek Wolf, and Brandon Williams is healthy.
1: And that's what you mentioned last episode where you said that, obviously, they made adjustments for that.
0: Right. So you saw he had – was it 40 yards? Yeah. 18 carries for, like, 40, 40 yards. yards yeah. yeah. So they they brought those guys in for that specific situation. Now, you know, so, yeah.
1: And not going into Buffalo, a team that's more reliable on their quarterback now – you got to trust in some pass rush. And at the same time, who do they have out there as secondary? Marcus Peters obviously made some good plays. They still got game. Peters.
0: They still got Humphrey, Jimmy. Right. They still got the, you know, so, yeah. And
1: for a lot of that game, I really thought, like, the secondary of Baltimore was getting cheated. If you be honest, if I'm being as, being honest with you, I really felt like they were not getting some calls going their way. I think that first Tennessee touchdown before they went up 10 nothing, the Tennessee yeah. touchdown, <laughs> I thought yeah. I saw a push-off, and obviously they didn't call anything on him. So, for what it's worth, we'll definitely see – a really good football game I'm expecting this weekend between those two teams but we gotta jump over to this NFC side of things right so we saw the Washington football team obviously I said that they were deserving of going into that that's right that weekend's game and yo, we talked about obviously them pulling the upset
0: yo Washington might have just found him a quarterback right Taylor Heineke, Heineke. that might be the dude. They might have found the quarterback.
1: The whole time we were sitting there talking about, okay, Alex Smith obviously coming off the devastating stuff that he came off and obviously playing football, and I was kind of disappointed that he wasn't obviously able to be out there. Ron Rivera obviously going through the things that he went through. And, of course, them having to uh, cut Dwayne Haskins. So it has been a lot of quarterback issues going on in that locker room, and here we are with the diamond in the rough, the silver lining and everything on that Washington team was the third-string quarterback sitting Man, back
0: there. He played a great game. He did. He played a great game. Uh, as it just goes to show you never know where your, when your moment's going to come. But anyway, he played a great game. The team actually played good. They had some missed opportunities here and there, but the team played well. They played a great game.
1: I think they weren't able to get the run game established really well, right. and they don't have much of a run game to begin with. So for what it's worth, guys like McLaurin and and uh, Sims, they obviously showed their their worth on that team and everything. But well, Yeah, they had some drops, though. Exactly. And, and drops
0: killed them. Like, yeah. So like I said, missed had, opportunities.
1: You still had Leonard Fournette come out there with 93 yards and a touchdown. So for what it's worth, made a surprise appearance. The Buccaneers, yeah, the Buccaneers, <laughs> deep, the Buccaneers didn't didn't hit him somewhere we didn't expect it. Uh of course that Washington front seven was able to get to Brady three times and make something happen out of that. Um but at the end of the day, like I said, it was a very close game as well. Just it like was, the AFC games. It was a one was position game, eight points. So we could see maybe Washington be the first team to pull off back to back. Uh, division champions maybe next season because we've always talked about how there's no consistent team in the uh, <laughs> NFC <laughs> East. <laughs> and now with the firing of Doug Peterson, we've got the most tenured head coach being Ron, Ron Rivera. Rivera. <laughs> he was hired on December 31st in, the, in 2019. So now in a very young coaching uh, division, he's now the the front man right there for the tenure, for the most tenure.
0: Well, you okay? I I get you on the most tenure. You can't say young. <laughs> None of these guys. Well, Judge probably about the youngest one. But anyway,
1: I I even go as far as saying young as far as quarterbacks are concerned, because you've got Dak and Wentz that obviously came out in the same draft. Yeah, you got Dak. You've Wentz, got Heineke now Heineke, coming out of nowhere, and of course Danny
0: Dimes out there in New York. Right, we're doing what he does. Heineke will be my quarterback from Washington. Heineke is the star. He has he. I think he. I think with the last game, he earned the right to at least go into next season and see what compete you really got. Right, right, yeah,
1: yeah. Right, right. So now going into the game that I really was surprised about, well, I guess I shouldn't say too surprised about the Rams and the Seahawks. Now we didn't expect the Rams to not have Jared Goff available. He wasn't available well, Yes, first. we did.
0: Uh, remember, uh, we, I mean, you talked about it because the uh, Wolf Dude. Uh, Wolf, Wolford. Yeah, that's his name. <laughs> the Wolf Dude <laughs> is what we're going to call him today. Hey, because I couldn't remember his whole name. But, but Dude can play. But, yeah, he got in. But injured. this
1: was the most interesting part about it, though. Wolford comes out, and he got hurt going down, getting hit as a runner, so they couldn't call a flag for it, any right. kind of excessive uh, contact or anything like that. But golf was not listed to start. He was listed to be there in relief, obviously, right. and we did see him come and in, they needed and he did a, he did right. a good job, because I'm not sure if Wolford would have been up for the challenge, being that it was his first playoff game, and he he held his own when he was needed last week. We saw him as somebody who could potentially do something with that team, but Jared Goff came in and showed you that, hey, I'm the guy that can game manage. He had 155 yards and a touchdown, but for some reason, was able to pull that off, and somehow, the Seahawks have not decided <laughs> to get any kind of offensive line help for Russell Wilson. Knowing that you got Aaron Donald on the other side of the field, <laughs> Seahawks Nation or whatever you call yourself, you've got to find yourself <laughs> an 12s, offensive The 12s, man, the 12s. <laughs> you've got to find yourself an offensive line. Russell Wilson was running for his life last night. He threw a pick and got sacked five times. And it just looked like, hey, if you're not going to have a run game, at least get the man an offensive line.
0: Honestly, though, Jerry Goff uh, surprised me. I figured he, was, he he would be – he would – he it would show more that he had a broke thumb. That didn't show as much as I thought it was going to show. So. Especially,
1: with yeah. the, especially with the run game because they had a total of 43 carries. I'm not sure how many of those were obviously – while Wolf was in the game, obviously being a younger quarterback, he probably gave him a he little – He came
0: out like the second – The what? second series, right? Yeah. So
1: even Cam Akers, he was out there – what was that? 28 carries, 131. So I expect something like that going into this next game. When they play against Green Bay. It's gonna be in Green Bay. It's mid January. We all know the story right now. No, You've got don't. to run the football when you're in Green Bay because they there's really be the no passing attack like that.
0: But they can run the ball. Exactly. And and they do have a passing attack. And quiet as it's kept, I don't trust Green Bay's defense.
1: And Absolutely not. Yeah.
0: And and, and I believe in the Rams defense to get after uh Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Even so. though Aaron Donald got banged up and then they had some injuries, you know, uh in the last game. But I believe in the Rams as far as that. I give them a shot.
1: But you know what's the best part of watching that game this weekend? If you're a fan of either one of these teams or just a fan of football, Ramsey versus Adams.
0: I think Jalen. I, I give it to Jalen. He's bro. gonna shut him down, right? I give it. He, he. It's not even that. He don't have to shut him down. All he has to do is limit him enough to where somebody else has to make a play and they don't make it.
1: Yeah, Green Bay coming off a bye. Hopefully everybody's all healthy because I think they're gonna need that right there against that defense. The defense will be something to actually see if they do potentially go into the NFC championship game.
0: I believe in the Rams defense. Uh, we ain't doing game picks yet, right? We can. Okay. Well, it, it don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I the believe... way
1: the green Bay came out, I hope they wouldn't sputter out. I mean, like I said before in the last uh, episode, green Bay, not having to worry about San Francisco, but maybe they do have to worry about another NFC West team in their way from getting into the Super Bowl. We'll see. But I forgot to mention the upcoming matchup after the bucks were able to take down Washington.
0: The Saints. The
1: Saints were also able to take take down Chicago. So That
0: wasn't a surprise.
1: It wasn't as as big of a surprise for me. Being that Matt Nagy is a man of what he does, and he does not really know how to coach to that next level. I do you figure? I don't think he's ready to get those guys into real contention.
0: Well, hold on. For, 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 first of all, they had uh, some receivers out. They had some players out. They, uh, they had a lot of players out. Uh, you know, but I just didn't think they had enough – to deal with the Saints. And going honestly, going into the game, I didn't believe in the Saints either because I didn't know how Drew Brees was going to be throwing the yeah, football.
1: I honestly thought maybe sometime around halftime, before the game really got out of hand, I think it was only like 7-3 at halftime, I was like, well, we should start trying to get ready for this retirement party for Drew Brees. <laughs> and in the second half of the game, that's when the run game really became a factor for them because Drew Brees did throw over 200 yards, and he did throw a couple touchdown passes. Right. But you had Alvin Kamara doing what he did out there, obviously, for them. And their defense really showed up because I think Chicago, for the most part, was kind of shooting themselves in the foot. But the Saints defense was able to limit that Chicago run game.
0: Right. So, you know.
1: And now going into this next game, now we got Tampa Bay versus the Saints. Versus the Saints round Three. three. And this is the first time that we'll actually see Breeze versus Brady in the playoffs because obviously they were in opposing conferences and never met in the super bowl. But now we got to see them go against each other and what should be a conference championship round. If you want to go about like the goats, if you will, <laughs> but we're going to see them in the divisional round and see who actually would make the next step. Cause we could see either, uh, Brady versus Rogers for the first time in the championship round. Right. Or we could see obviously drew Brees versus, um, Bra- uh, sorry, Rogers. Or somehow Goff gets in there, and now he's trying to run for his life on one of these defenses, I think.
0: Okay, so we can do game picks then. So yeah. He's picking out, okay. We're speaking uh, on it right now, so we okay. might have well to go with it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, say
1: the Saints beat, I say the Saints beat the Buccaneers. It's going to be at least a two-score game.
0: I'm taking the Saints because the Bucs have been up and down all year. They show up. They don't show up. They, and, and And they don't show up when you most expect them to show up. Like, they've had some some lay-and-egg kind of games when you've expected them to really do something. I'm picking the Saints in that game. But going, I don't trust uh, Drew Brees right now, but I'm still picking the Saints. <laughs> as
1: an overall unit, the Saints probably win that football right. game. Right.
0: Okay, there we go. They have, yeah, yeah, as a team.
1: <laughs> right. And I think we're on opposing sides with this Green Bay-LA game. I think I'm going Green Bay on this one.
0: I'm going with the Rams. Like I say, I think the Rams can get after uh, Aaron Rodgers. They have team speed on defense. So I think, like even guys like Aaron Donald, if he, he he got some ribs, he gonna play. Right, that's what it is. He, <laughs> I think Aaron Rodgers ain't gonna be having a whole lot of time to be running around, you know. So, so I'm picking the Rams.
1: And I guess if the AFC teams not named, let me see, not name New England or Denver, you could go with the past <laughs> the past championship teams. Could we see a Baltimore KC AFC championship game? Because those are the two teams within the AFC who. Did win the Super Bowl within the past, I guess, 15 years besides, like I said, somebody named Brady or uh, Manning.
0: You know what? I'm picking Baltimore just because world exclusive, that's my team. Right, right. (laughs) Okay. I'm picking Baltimore. Uh, Even though I like the Bills, though. I like the Bills.
1: And that's what I was going to say. Wouldn't it be the best thing right now to see the two teams who obviously – are still chasing that ever-elusive first NFL championship face-off in the AFC championship game in Buffalo and Cleveland.
0: That would be kind of cool.
1: Just based on both those teams on paper and knowing what both those fan bases have come through and everything like that, you know me. At this time of year, I'm always looking at the (laughs) what-ifs. I could break down to you every single possibility of what teams could be playing who each other in the Super Bowl right now. Could we see a Buffalo a Buffalo team beat the Saints in the Super Bowl right now, it won't really get a lot of ratings, but it'll definitely be a yes, game it to would. watch.
0: Yes, it would. Do you know the last time Buffalo went to the Super Bowl? Four straight times right. was in 93. That was <laughs> the last time they've been there, and it's they first, they've won their first playoff game, what, 25 years in playoff? Oh, yeah. Come on, man. People are going to be excited to see, What? you're going to have all of Buffalo, New York coming out to wherever. Well, uh, you know, they can't, but you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And now with this new look Cleveland team, even if they don't get past this KC team or make it past the AFC Championship uh, game, they're still a threat to not being that division race that we have always talked about, whether it be Joe Burrow coming back from an injury and trying to get that Cincinnati team back on the wagon or whether it be another quarterback maybe stepping into Pittsburgh and trying to lead that charge. That's still one of the best um, divisions in football to really watch. Because right now, John Gruden signed that long of a of a, a contract ten with the Raiders, years. and the KC Chiefs also did their their counter move and said, so, "Okay, we're going to sign Patrick Mahomes to ten years to make sure that you don't ever see the AFC Championship banner again." <laughs> or First of AFC all, Divisory that's not it doesn't banner. work that way
0: as a player. It doesn't work that way. Absolutely you're not. A player, I, I've but...
1: already I've already forecasted maybe somewhere along the line that KC has some kind of issues with the front office as far as being able to pay all these guys. You I mean you can only keep all these guys? Happy and paid like the Tyreeks and everything to, to keep that thing going. I mean, the the Travis Kelseys, all those guys got to get a lot of money at some point, and you can't keep that whole thing going. Guys gonna retire. Offensive well, lines well, yeah, are gonna yeah. fall apart a little bit. So, because
0: Travis is a kind of older guy, he's yeah. kind of older, he's a little older. So, uh, so you're like,
1: you're saying Baltimore obviously, and then who is you on on the other side for you? Because I'm still I'm still pulling for Cleveland. I mean, KC being defending champions is a really really tough task, but I, Cleveland, I, I want to see the momentum swings in that way.
0: I want Cleveland because. I just want the upset of the team who nobody thought would do nothing this year, and then go to what will be an AFC Championship I, mean, I want Cleveland to win. I don't know how Cleveland sticks around defensively, though. I trust Cleveland offense as far as what they have offensively, but defensively, I don't know how they. They can't
1: get into that Yeah, out. I don't. I
0: don't. Know what I'm I don't know how they they do it defensively. So. I'm 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 gonna pick Cleveland with the upset just cause I'm a I'm a believe in my heart that this was gonna be whatever and I picked them last week and they right. they came through for me <laughs>
1: and a, a quick sidebar on this whole wild wild card weekend or the super wild card weekend what they call right. it so for the first time ever we had a game simulcast on the kids station I Nickelodeon told you, <laughs> I told you about it when I was watching the game and I kid you not people I had I had the game on on two TVs with the Romo and CBS coverage with the volume turned down. And the Nickelodeon coverage turned up just because I wanted to see what would actually come out of it. And it was pretty interesting because if everybody's uh, familiar with Iron Eagle, who covers, I guess, the NFL on CBS as well as college basketball, he does a lot of stuff. His son, Noah Eagle, actually was the um, play-by-play analyst on that with um, Nate Burleson as color analyst. I heard about Nate. Yeah, I know know Nate was there. Yeah. What was really strikingly amazing to me was not the end zone... uh, Slime cannons. Oh, yeah, slime can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was Nate Burleson's uh, ability to really call this game the way he really saw fit and make it fun for kids for at the For kids same to time. understand, yeah. So I hope that doesn't, I guess you could say in the Hollywood term, I hope that doesn't typecast him as saying, okay, you can only call games on this network because right. we've seen some good stuff out of him from the NFL network on Good Morning right. Football and right. stuff that he does with uh, different different stations. Even but, now with CBS. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So on yeah. those guys with, uh, in the morning with James Brown and such. Right, right. But his ability to make the references for kids to understand and explain the, the game of football. Because I honestly was watching the game through the first half, and I was like, man, if this was on during the 90s, maybe I wouldn't have liked the NBA as much, and I would have leaned more towards football because the <laughs> NBA was my jam back in the day, and really still is. But I really saw a lot of good stuff coming out of that, especially with the amount of references he made to any past, and Nickelodeon that you would have watched, whether it be Are You Afraid of the Dark or any of the other stuff. Yeah, that they had man, on back classic then. So- nostalgia. I, I wanted to re-watch the game and just see how many references he made, but he really did a good job. And of course, they they, they threw in some uh, Nickelodeon talent. They're a cast from all that. They had two of those um, actors on there as well. Okay, that's cool. One was in the booth. One was on the sideline, actually. And of course, not a whole lot of sideline action these days. Yeah, because they know. But he yet. was able to present the... Um, I guess it was called the N V P The Nickelodeon... The Nickelodeon Valuable, Valuable, Valuable player. player. And... In true kid fashion, they gave it to Mitchell Trubisky, who obviously right. yeah. who obviously struggled a little bit throughout the game. But like I said, in true kid fashion, everybody has to win something, right? You may not be going to the next round, Mitch, but here, here's this trophy that looks like a Nickelodeon blimp <laughs> for your troubles. So... I hope they would ever, uh, obviously do some more telecasts. Maybe not in the playoff format because I think those games are a little bit more serious. Where it was fun to watch that one time, but if I really want to get down to the nitty gritty of watching a football game, maybe kids can get into it. But I think I'll go ahead and switch my, my attention back to Tony Romo and hear what his breakdowns are. Well,
0: they what well, as as an adult, right? Right. As a as a kid, I can understand why they did it like that. And you want to bring another reason why you wouldn't do it in the regular season because there's so many games on, right? But these games had specific times they were going to be watched everywhere yeah. at one game. So you could closely do it with one game and have a different kind of audience watching one game.
1: Right. And like I said, a good experience for, the, for, that, uh, for that weekend right there. Now we got another round of football coming up with a divisional round. Of course, like we mentioned tonight, we got the college football playoff national championship yeah. with Ohio State Buckeyes versus the Bama. Interesting Roll to see Tide. what Justin Fields does. Let's see what yeah. he can do. And um, more basketball stuff on the way for us as well. We got some more uniforms to break down for you in future episodes as far as the NBA. They're coming up with a couple surprise uniforms on this, some classic looks, and even some teams, I guess, introducing some courts that we haven't seen before. Right. We talked about previously with the Dallas Mavericks yeah, having yeah, that yeah. throwback court going with their green uniforms and everything. So there's a lot of good stuff coming up. I mean, we got the draft coming up before we know it, Right. Too. More so coaching yeah, stuff too, man. Yeah, Coaches yeah, we still got seven and hiring, and, right now. So yeah, <laughs> tune in for more episodes of the All Inclusive Sports Podcast with B and G. I'm
0: B, as and, of course
1: you know, and I'm G. So we'll catch y'all later.
0: All right.